Check the program. 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 Welcome to Check the Program, a kitchen table podcast with four sometimes arts journalists who saw a need for more arts coverage in the city and decided to do something about it. And today, five super fringe fans. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm Amanda Farrellow. I'm Wilhelm. I'm Melanie Trump-Hoover. I'm John Thrumpall. And on today's show, we're going to have quick reviews of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum by Blue Ridge Theatre, uh, Boom X at the Belfry, and then it's going to be all fringe all the time. Yay! And before we start, I'd like to acknowledge that Victoria occupies the traditional territories of the Lekwungen-speaking and Coast Salish peoples, including what is now known as the Esquimalt and Songhees First Nations. As settler people, we have the privilege to live, work, and create on these lands, and much of the art we're discussing today has also been created and performed here. Thanks, Melanie. So, a couple of quick reviews before we launch into Fringe. Yeah, why don't we start with Forum? Um, it's already closed. Uh, Sarah, you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, um, actually, Melanie and I went together. Oh, and and yes. welcome back, Melanie. Oh, yes, yeah. That's right. Yeah. 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 No baby in tow. No baby in tow. No, she is sleeping quietly right now. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'll hear about it when I get home. If she's so, not. was Forum the first show you had officially seen uh, in your reviewing capacity since? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was my return return onto the scene. Excellent. Yeah, we had a great time. Um, so Blue Bridge Theatres, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Uh, classic 60s Sondheim comedy with many familiar cast members, um, some Atomic Vaudeville alumni. And um, I really enjoyed the show. I thought it was quite funny. And uh, I think some of my, my favorite parts were... Um, were sort of the the cheesy I like the cheesy take on Italians that was great as an Italian I appreciated the <laughs> soccer uh, outfits and um, the married to the mob style fashion a great cast uh, lots of energy I thought Brit Small was uh, great in the lead role of Pseudolus yeah I'm trying to remember it it's a tough role to play it's you know a lot hinges on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a great comedic actor and has a lot of energy. Uh, could have even gone bigger, but um, yeah, has a, has a great uh, great timing. And I'm going to drop a celebrity sighting. Mm-hmm. I saw that show in 1997 on Broadway, and Whoopi Goldberg played that role. Oh, and nice. uh, she was pretty hilarious as well. She actually has a fantastic voice. Um, it's her talking voice. But she trans she she uh, uses she it. it yeah, she belts it out really well. And then she came and met up with people after the show. It was quite funny and nice. So yeah, so not the yeah. first time that that role's been um, blind gender cast. Then. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Um, so I think yeah, that's mm-hmm. not something new. Um, and we're seeing more and more of that in so many shows now. It's not not as much a thing, I think. So. For a 50-plus-year-old comedy, how was the comedy? Did it live up to today's standards? Did it seem dated? Did it seem kind of hackneyed? Uh, what do you think, Mel? 
I the the jokes themselves, yes, but I think the casting, um, as Sarah mentioned, more vaudeville style. It played less as a musical and more as a farce for me. I think partly because of the strength of it was a little bit of uneven um, the cast and their vocal talents, with some great exceptions. Janet Morrison, who is in the uh, ensemble, like in the chorus as a yeah, quarter she's band, great. just stole every she's every amazing. scene she was in, but also every song. So any of the ensemble pieces were really really strong by the the voices of many. But the the kind of singing talents of all the leads, eh, up and down a bit. So I think it was cast more for the far side of things. Mm-hmm. And then that what Sarah said about Brit's background in clowning and vaudeville really brought a lot of physical humor in that kind of, I think, counterpointed some of the, like, groaner jokes. And in a farce like that, the, the groaners are kind of what they're going for with that wordplay and whatnot. But it did, you know, some of the humor felt dated only to be kind of evened out or balanced out by some of the kind of more modern um, staging and, and gender-blind casting, as well as the courtesans themselves. There was that kind of S&M bondage vibe with them. And so there was some more, like, visual humor, I guess. Yeah, um, totally. That, that balanced it. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Funny moments. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah good, strong ending to their season. Super. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, similar but different for uh, Boom X at the Belfry, which was also a funny show and also filled with music. Uh, but this time a solo show. Uh, Rick Miller, writer, director, performer, and sound designer for it. Uh, for people who saw Boom before, Boom was about the uh, sort of a uh, pop cultural synopsis of the baby boom generation. This was a pop cultural synopsis of the Generation X uh, era. Uh, started in 60 nine and went to 95 and um yeah very good people who've seen rick miller before know that he's very professional he's very solid in what he does uh literally a cast of probably i think 100 characters that he brought to life and various voices and personifications um performing i think it was over 30 songs in the voice of the people like his gore downey sounded like gore downey mm. his tina turner sounded like tina turner mm. his uh-huh sounded like mm-hmm. uh-huh and it was the visuals were spectacular as well um credit to his entire i won't list them all but credit to his entire design team lighting design the shadow work was fantastic the projections were fantastic the costume changes i don't even know how he did the costume changes because it was just so rapid fire um much of his, rick himself and much of his uh design team have worked with uh, robert lepage's ex machina company and um they obviously know what they're doing when it comes to visual spectacle um emotionally i found the show didn't really uh grab me in the way it did given that i was gen x given that i was i guess i was expecting some sort of uh more of an emotional hook to the show and it certainly had certainly had an autobiographical element where he was talking about his own experiences growing up in montreal and then he had four other gen xers that he was interviewing to provide the backbone of the narrative backbone of the show and their voices came through the pop culture moments um, but I didn't, I, I didn't connect with it in the way I was hoping to. It was very regionally specific. He was talking mm-hmm. a lot about things that were happening in Montreal and around Montreal and would allude to things on a national or international scale, but not, not really in the way, I guess, you know, things... There was no Expo 86. It was never mentioned. Uh, Terry Fox was never mentioned. Um, there's a lot of things that happened in that period of time that just... just 
weren't part of the story, which really surprised me. Um, but if you're just going for the visual spectacle and the entertainment of it, which I think most of the summer show audience at the Belfry is, uh, people were having a great time. Of course, instant standing O at the end of it all. And you cannot fault him for his performance. It was really great. He directed it as well. I wouldn't have minded an outside director just to give another sort of uh, look at the whole material, but I guess it's such a personal journey for him. This is the, the second of a trilogy that he, uh, he wants to be in control of the whole thing. So um, Boom is headed to off-Broadway. Uh, I think the plan is that Boom X will eventually make that journey as well, and then he is currently working on the third of the trilogy, which is about the millennial generation. So we'll see what that's called, and I'm sure it will come to town when it does. So. And that closes on the 18th at Belfry, so you've still got time if you want to see it. What, what is the runtime with 100 characters? It's uh, 2 and 10 okay. um, with an intermission. So, and I don't, I wasn't a fan of the intermission. The intermission was fine. He had sort of a quiz that was running during the intermission on the screen if you stayed in the theater. Um, but it did break the flow of the show. But, uh, you know, he's playing all these characters mm -hmm. with all these costume changes. The guy needs a break. So mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to fault him for having an intermission in there. That's for sure. It is interesting, like, that he's going backwards in terms of, like, the generations that he's exploring and, like, as he's getting older. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I don't like faulting shows for what they aren't. Mm -hmm. um, I like giving credit for what they are. But <laughs> in this day and age, it was kind of weird, uh, for example, to see uh, a middle-aged, because I'm a middle-aged white dude, I can say middle-aged white dude, uh, playing uh, black women and things like that. Like, it mm -hmm. struck me as kind of odd. Um, but, you know, is that a fair criticism of that style of show? Probably not, because he was also uh, playing multiple ethnicities across the board and multiple genders, so, yeah. We'll see how his Cardi B is. Yeah, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know, absolutely. Yeah, better yeah, work yeah, on yeah. his fake nails. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, yeah. the, um, you know, his Gord Downey was spot on vocally, but... Visually, it kind of bugged me because he was dressed exactly like Gord's last performance with the hat and mm. the purple shirt and everything like that. It's like, I wanted to see another Word Side Attraction. Yeah, here, yeah. Like but it wouldn't have had that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And if this mm. is you know, what he's giving us, which it was supposed to be, 94, Gord Downey. Uh, visually, we didn't get that. Mm. So Yeah, was, it'll be weird to see some like middle-aged dude dressing like millennial music or like well, gen y how, music yeah how's yeah, he gonna like, do grunge how's he gonna like you say cardi b how's he gonna be doing yeah. things like mm -hmm. this it'll be interesting there was no madonna in the show he didn't go there um yeah that'll be it was fun yeah you miss madonna it's a very good question <laughs> yeah. anyway so yeah, moving on to the Fringe Festival coming up. Um, let's uh, introduce our special guest today. Um, or would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure, I will. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Wilhelm. I'm uh, a self-described super fringer. That's trademarked, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what does super fringer mean to you, Wilhelm? Uh, well, super fringer uh, actually has a, a twofold meaning. Um, number one is seeing as many shows as you can. And number two is just being a super person. <laughs> Nobody likes a stick in the mud. What is your record for number of shows that you've seen in a fringe? Oh, I think the record number for me was 46. Wow. In one year's fringe? In one year's fringe, yes. Was that every show? Uh, that was not every show that year. Uh, I believe that year had uh, over 50. Wow. Close to 60 shows that year. It was a big fringe. 
man, I feel pretty good about myself when I crack two dozen, uh, but 46. Well, not everyone is a super hardcore fringer. (laughs) (laughs) So Wilhelm, we wanted to invite you to our fringe preview episode of our podcast because we thought you might have some super fringer tips. Okay. Um, Can you give us your top three tips on how to be a super fringer for people who might be listening and preparing? Uh, Top three tips. Ooh. Um, Well, I think first and foremost uh, is self-care. Like you can't enjoy great theater if you're hungry and thirsty. So you got to make time to plan to eat. And Instagram it with hashtag self-care. Hashtag self-care for sure. (laughs) Um, The uh, uh, sometimes just there's so much theater out there you just want to see it all and you just forget to eat and that's that can be a real problem Mm -hmm. um second i would say uh take care of your butt you're gonna be be sitting a lot and uh i'm pretty sure most shows well in fact maybe all of them this year involve sitting so if you neglect your butt then uh you're gonna be in some serious problems Do, do you have do you have a special pillow that you take with you uh i might I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Okay. okay. I, I I've done that in the past. I have bring a special pillow. I have brought a special pillow because some venues used to have those folding chairs and they're mm-hmm. so terrible. Yeah. That is that true. I would carry my own little pillow. I, I am a former research scientist. I did design a special cushion for myself. I'll tell you more about that if you come see soup, how to be a super fringer. Mm-hmm. And what was your third tip? Uh, third tip. Hmm. There's so many. Um, I would say. Make sure you plan transportation options because sometimes there's a tight turnaround between shows and you don't want to be late because they're pretty strict about cutting off the the audience when the show's starting. You know, it's you, know, you don't want to miss the show that you plan to see. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So are you a hop between venues kind of fringer or are you plant yourself at one venue fringer? Well, you know, I'm actually kind of undecided between those two. Mm-hmm. I, uh, there's lots of school of thought between and arguments between both. And I think a combination of both is the best way to go. Um, Sometimes it just works out that you're at the same venue for the whole day, and other times you just gotta venue hop, especially towards the end. Mm. If you want to fit in every show you want to see, sure, yeah. Well, forty six, yeah. <laughs> that year, I that was a pretty tough year for me. I uh, that was your I, butt at the end of it. It was it was okay, it was okay, but I uh, I thought I could survive on theater instead of food. Oh yeah. So I, uh, I missed mistimed a bunch of things that that year. It was. I saw a lot, so that was good. How much, How long did you sleep after that fringe? Uh, I believe I slept for two days. Um, I uh, missed Labor Day entirely. I uh, just flew by. And, wow. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So you've accumulated years of wisdom about the fringe. How are you going to share that with people? Um, I am uh, putting on a, a class for anyone to attend called How to Be a Super Fringer, in which I'll outline many common tips and techniques in addition to the ones I just talked about where anyone can come and get some information and leave a super fringer you too can be a super fringer John I, I would I would I would like to be a super fringer you can all it takes is your effort and and a desire is to there a quiz as part of this class is there a quiz no there's no quiz there's I, a quiz. I, I for one when I was a student hated pop quizzes so I made sure to not have any pop quizzes in my course <laughs> Well, thanks, Wilhelm. Um, You're welcome. We're going to chat a bit more about the Fringe. You're welcome to, to stay and join our discussion okay. if you'd like. 
I can just interject whenever I feel yes, like absolutely. I can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Group participation. As, as a group super project. Fringer, group project. Yeah, as a super fringer, I think your uh, insights would be uh, especially keen. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. So one of the things we were going to say about the fringe was, um, uh, Sarah, you thought it would be fun to talk about memorable fringe experiences. Yeah, and reminisce a little bit since sure. we're all fringe fans and yeah. have reviewed over many years, attended over many years. So, yeah. I think I started reviewing the Fringe. I, I started attending the Fringe uh, back when I lived in Vancouver. And when I jumped over to Victoria in the early 90s, I continued with the Fringe. And I think I started reviewing the Fringe in the early 2000s, maybe 2002 or something like that, uh, and have been pretty steady with it ever since. Uh, my favorite Fringe memory is uh, I went to a solo show once, and I was reviewing it, and I sat down, and the show began, and the, the actor walked out on stage, he looked around the hall and he looked down at me with my notebook and I was the only one in the entire venue. <laughs> so it was a solo show with a solo audience and I was reviewing it. So he broke character and he's like, do you want me to do the show? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm here to review it. Do you want to do the show with no audience? And he's like, sure. <laughs> so he went on and did his solo show and it was like an hour long. And, uh, and I reviewed it and I gave him a good review. And uh, he did a really great job. But it was the weirdest thing to be sitting there in the audience by yourself with your notepad, reviewing the guy who's on stage looking exactly at you the whole time. I think I had one <laughs> review I did where there was maybe like one other person in the audience with me. Mm-hmm. The show was terrible. Oh, no. I'm glad my show was It was, was bad. <laughs> It was really bad. Well, if you see a lot of Fringe shows, you do see a couple that are bad. Yeah. There That's kind of yeah. joy. Kind of yeah. I like seeing bad Fringe shows, personally. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite worst Fringe show? Oh. <laughs> you don't have to name names. Not, not naming names, but just the experience uh, it gave you. Uh, the experience was very surreal. I, uh, uh, I likened it to watching the movie The Room. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. It's Tommy Wiseau. I, I called it the theatrical exper- uh, the theatrical equivalent of The Room. And uh, I, my mouth was agape the entire time. I just could not believe what I was watching. It actually was kind of funny, but it was not supposed to be. <laughs> I was at a Fringe show once that was less than good. And in the middle of it all, an audience member stood up and he's, he said something rude to the performer and uh, marched to the crash jo- doors, burst open, left the theater, and that prompted a spearhead of other people in the audience to get up and leave at the no. same time. Gave them the excuse oh, to wow. So like 15 people got up and left the show. Yeah. And I'm wow. like, this is my chance. I know. I can get and out. I felt so yeah. bad. Uh, I stayed because I just felt bad for the performer. Yeah. I've only walked out of one Fringe show ever. Oh. And that was because it was being unusually sexist. And I just... I felt like if I stick around for this show and I missed the next show and I really wanted to see that one, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So I just got up and left. That's a pretty good reason to leave. I wasn't rude about it, though, because no one likes to be rude. Mm-hmm. Except that guy on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one else around him wants him to be rude. Maybe that's what I should have said. Melanie, anything popped to mind for you? Well, my first year reviewing The Fringe was with you, Hmm. um, probably almost 10 years ago now, and when you very ambitiously decided our team was going to review every single show. Oh, I remember that at Monday, yeah. 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 And and so, yes, you see some stinkers in there, too, but what it turned me on to, because we had, like, I think there was 50-some shows that year. That was one of the bigger years, yeah. It was, and I had to take on show, you know, you pick your favorites, you sort them out between the teams so that not everybody's, you know, just getting their, you know 
brilliant lineup um, and and all the gambles get spread out amongst people too and so where I my fringe when you know before I was reviewing I'd really go through monologists that I loved or touring performers that you know every time TJ Dog came to town etc but this really opened my mind to I had to cover some clowning shows mm. clowning was really big that year mm. Mm. there was a couple touring shows very mm. like dark interesting stuff from japan mm. and that's the year it may not be the year that i discovered him but maybe another magician came in but travis bernhardt very oh, quickly right. sure. after that where i would never have probably added a magic what you know mentalism and a magic show to my lineup before so that experience of being a reviewer and really expanding what i would take in in a fringe um the clowning i i really enjoyed some of those shows i was amazed by the art form and i way that I just, I thought clowns were for kids before mm. that point. And then Travis Bernhardt, I do not miss him whenever he mm. comes to town. Sure. He's always one of my favorites. He is excellent. Yeah, he he's is excellent. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that he's not here this year, unfortunately, but there's another mentalism show. Yeah. And that has, it's totally expanded my mind to what I look for in the fringe now. Yeah, that's so. great. It's funny. I was thinking about that when I was looking at the program this year, if any themes had popped out, like often there's kind of a theme in yeah, what ends up in the fringe kind of naturally stuff. pops out. And there yeah. wasn't really one this year. Yeah, some years there's a lot of magic. Some or years improv or, yeah, yeah. Last year had more dance than I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, but this year it's it's really like an even mm-hmm. yeah. even mix of genres and well, and styles. the year to year is is interesting. Like I, you know, earlier today I was sort of googling all, you know, looking up what have I seen. So I like you know googled up old reviews, and I looked up one year and it had my name on it on the Times Colonist that had like five reviews and I did not remember a single show. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember any seeing any of those shows. I clearly wrote that not probably not not a great year. And then in my mind I was like, well what were my favorite shows? And all all of the ones that I had thought of were in the same year. Oh, oh They were all like, um, so there was Jake's Gift by oh, Julia Mackey, Giant Invisible Robot mm-hmm. by Jason oh, McDonald, and then there was a TJ Daw one and the D Rotten Punk. Yes. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I remember right. All 2008. Yeah. Like, that, was, so that, was like that was the golden year yeah. of Fringe for me. And I remember going to, there was some great, like, Fringe I was going to say, do you remember the Atomic Vaudeville totally. Fringe Club that year? Yeah. It was so good. And TJ Dodd comes in on the Victoria couch. Benson? Yeah, I think they still Yeah, and he did the monologue about pot brownies. Yes, yeah. that was yes, that was great. That was an amazing yeah. you year. You can remember that. I got really drunk and spilled wine on Morgan Cranny that year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. <laughs> but, yeah, so... So Fringe Reminiscing 2008 will stand out in my mind. It was you know, an excellent Fringe year. I was looking through the program this year, and it, I don't see a lot of those superstars, like you mentioned mm-hmm. names, like yeah. T.J. Daw and like mm-hmm. Jason McDonald, people like that. And I'm not seeing a lot of those this year, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. It's good in that it forces the audiences to go find other shows, but other artists they might not know that might mm-hmm. become favorites. Uh, but it's bad in that there's not necessarily as many safe bets as there was yeah. in the past. Yeah, so who are I the think, new superstars? Yeah. I think it's maybe a new crop, though, exactly. Like, not to say that the fringe performers haven't named aren't still creating and performing work, but I think less touring work. And, I mean, John Bennett's back. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. what is his name? I'll look it up. The guy who plays Samantha um, was huge last year. Dear Samantha, uh, Charles Adrian was, like... Uh, absolutely massive sold out tons of shows in little kirk hall last year and mm. was brand new and it's back again this year and paco the german stand-up guy like we are having returning performers yeah. there's sure. just that kind of maybe a, a new wave a new, new wave. touring group 
Well, and there's um, uh, someone like Laura Ann Harris who's back this year with Destiny. Yeah, USA. I saw I that. When she did Pitch Blonde. Yeah, yeah. Was that was a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed Pitch Blonde, so I'll definitely be going to her show just because I like it. And then there's shows like uh, Summer Bucket List, which uh, Ellery Lamb is doing. And uh, last year they did The Fitting Room, which was one of my faves last year. So I'll be very curious mm-hmm. to see what the, what Summer Bucket List is like. That was one of the ones I missed last year, and I was super was upset so about good. it. I know. I, I just didn't have time on my schedule. I was packing in so many shows, and it was like I flipped a coin and came up on the wrong end for The Fitting mm-hmm. Room, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you flip coins sometimes? I have to. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta leave the chair. Good fringe tip. Have a coin. Yeah, there's two. You you can't decide, and they're equal weight. Just flip a coin. So Wilhelm, do you do a lot of the uh, lineup chatting? I do. Is that an important part of fringing? Oh, absolutely. It's a super important part of fringing. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, when people are asking you, what have you seen? And you say, well, I've seen 46, you know, like, or do you, do you pare it down? Do you like actually name names and say, go see this? Well, it depends on if it's near the beginning or ending of the festival, of course. Like at the beginning, I only have a couple that I've seen. Um, but usually as the festival continues, I have maybe about half a dozen or so that like I have in the forefront of my brain. And I recommend those ones. Hmm. Sometimes if I'm chatting with someone, maybe I know a little bit better, I'll list off maybe up to 10 but those are when you're taking in a lot of theater sometimes you can't keep big lists in your head like that <laughs> yeah. like you whip them out of your pocket and yeah. the paper just goes on and on and on yeah. sometimes i will make notes so if people ask me for a recommendation i'll just say let me refer to my notebook and then i just read it off do you think you'll be able to see quite as much since you'll be giving your lecture during the fringe uh putting on a lecture during fringe will uh eat into the number of shows i will be able to see but um I think I'll probably be able to see at least a couple dozen. Mm. What are you excited about? Um, I'm excited about uh, Love Dub, who uh, uh, I've heard lots of about, lots of good stuff about. Um, John Bennett is one of my favorites. Um, I think uh, who else? I think Lorianne Harris of Destiny USA is is yep. up there as well. Uh, Girl Power. Girl Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Feminist music of the '90s. That's uh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, those are the ones that, that come to mind off the top of my head. Nice. There's, uh, you know, as always with the Fringe, you read the blurbs and it's like, what is this show going to be? You know, some of them, you, you just don't get a sense of, you know, the little description. Uh, it doesn't really give you a sense of what the show is going to be about. Um, sometimes you get the feeling the description is written before the show itself, um, <laughs> which I'm sure happens. Sometimes. Oh, it happens quite a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's the, the descriptions as well, where it's like just a list of reviews and it doesn't really say much about the show. Uh, and I'm always wary of those ones because is it, you know, is it for a previous show? Is it for just the performer? Is it going to live up to it? Hard to say. That's why I find uh, the preview night to be especially important. Yes. Do you I go never, to both preview nights? Uh, I always go to both preview nights, yes. Because uh, the, the two-minute preview really gives you a, mm-hmm. a sense of what the show is about. Even if it, you read the, the, the write-up in the program and it doesn't grab your attention, yeah. sometimes you'll make a connection with the performer themselves. Yeah. Birdman, uh, I knew nothing about him and then he showed up at the preview. Uh, the first year he came to town and just blew everybody away. That's true. And then, you know, he's gone on to become one of these people that uh, mm-hmm. everyone looks forward to seeing. Kind of like speed dating in a way. Yeah. Because you can sometimes get a sense about a person within two minutes, whether or not you want to spend an entire evening with that. <laughs> <laughs> what else are we looking forward to? I always, uh, one thing that I like about Fringe is the ever-changing Fringe Club. Well, over the last few years anyway. Fringe Club has 
always moved around and it's all often in interesting spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year it's a little far removed from the action. It's down in Fort Street. But uh, yeah, I, I think my favorite year was the year I actually worked at the Fringe Club. I don't know, maybe I was strapped for cash or something. I decided to work there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was when I was on the board and I volunteered. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, working, it was the year it was at in the old bank building on... Uh, mm-hmm. Douglas and Blant or Douglas and uh, Pandora, Pandora before they yeah. before they tore it down and built that big building there, mm-hmm. and uh, you uh, see some interesting stuff when you work at Fringe Club, boy. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see who stays out all night, yeah. who leaves together. That's always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you have some uh, details to um, dish. No, no, you don't. Yeah. You don't talk about those things. That's one That's way true. to be a super be Fringer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what happens in the club stays. Yeah. Together? But uh, yeah, I'm always. Uh, it's always neat to see the different spaces that Fringe Club moves into and uh, the programming that they do. And it seems like they're doing something a little different with the programming this year. Mm-hmm. Different spaces is one of the things I like about Fringe as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not so many bring your own venues this year. Uh, trophy Hunt sounds interesting because mm-hmm. it sounds like it's in a courtyard of, an, of a space in Fantana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's promising. Uh, in the years past when we've had things like fake ghost tours, that's fine because yeah. they take you into places oh, yeah. you don't I really, really enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And with all the hop-on tourists that yeah. think they're on a real oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was such a like amazing side benefit. had no idea, it was a show. Had yeah. no idea and would like go along for five, ten yeah. minutes and then just be scratching their heads. Yeah. <laughs> so that one last year, I took my kids to that one. And they just thought it was the funniest thing they'd ever seen. And then on their own, they went and saw Field Zoology. So it was a really great introduction. Like, you know, see this show and you like that performer. So go see his other show. Mm-hmm. I do know Brad yeah. Gooseberry, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. I've, I've hung out on a couple of occasions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Fringe Club? Uh, at the Fringe Club. And yeah. We, we just had a dinner one night. Hmm. So he's an excellent fellow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just super. What about you, Sarah? Um, I think all the ones I wanted to see are there, that I'm excited to see have all been mentioned. Girl Power, Musical History of 90s Feminism, it's at the Metro, um, first week, uh, yeah, Laura Harris's Destiny USA, which is um, going to be at Wood Hall in week two, and then Trophy Hunt, uh, Trina Davies, mm-hmm. Jessica Hickman, and Celine Stubel. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting show about who eats who in the world. I don't know, that was the description, sounds very ominous and interesting but yeah i love the idea of like we're gonna meet you somewhere and take you to a secret location i'm super excited to see that one as well i think that'll be cool and then fringe kids um i'm gonna be probably out at fringe a lot so i think it'll be good to take my kid to fringe kids and be like look you're part of this too Mm -hmm. have a great time fringe kids is always fun yeah, yeah yeah so looking forward to that but yeah lots of good stuff couple more shows I'll just throw out there. Uh, Jeff Leard's back again this year with False Prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it, but uh, he's very reliable. Um, Hapax is in. Uh, they've got their third show of their season, um, uh, Nevermore. They're doing a musical of uh, Edgar Allan Poe. And um, 13 Dead Dreams of Eugene is going to be one of my sort of wild card mm-hmm. shows this year. Uh, it sounds really exciting, and again, like the idea of puppets and shadow theater and stuff and folk music, it sounds quite like an intriguing blend. Mm-hmm. I've heard some good buzz about that one myself, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'd be remiss not to mention Into the Tango coming back. 
um, last year. They were incredible yeah. at Point Tango. Um, they won Pick of the Fringe for Best Dance Show. They've been in Argentina all this year working on new material. It's traveling across the country right now, winning wow. Best of the Fringe Awards as it's making its way west. And they're yeah. just incredible. A really beautiful blend of um, paired work and solo work. And, and like, uh, Tango is if you... if if you haven't seen it before. Um, and it's cool to be on the fringe circuit, this very professional polish. And are they both on dance. point? Uh, no. Just one, so one's the tango and like, and the other is on point. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That looks, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, yeah. And so we're going to be trying to cover as much of the, maybe not, 46 shows. <laughs> Close. Way to, way to keep the, single person. like, put the bar really, really yeah, high. No well, there's only 47 this year. Yeah. <laughs> Although it is technically possible to see every show at Fringe. Yeah, thanks. I, I have a, um, a system for that. <laughs> uh, can't wait to hear it. However, we're going to we're gonna do our best to see as many as we can. Uh, we've got a team of, I think, five reviewers this year. Um, the four of us, and we're going to be bringing uh, Brianna Bach on board. Um, so we're going to be out seeing as much as we can over the course of the fringe. And then we're, uh, likely going to reconvene mid fringe for Mm -hmm. a quick recap. Yeah. We'll be posting our reviews online. Um, the text versions so people can grab those and share them and you know do with them as you will yeah or burn them or burn them curse, or, curse yeah. our yeah. names or whatever write us yeah give <laughs> us your feedback messages, yeah. um yeah and um and then we'll yeah we'll be meeting again to talk more and do another mid-fringe podcast mm-hmm. so yeah look for well i guess look for us at the fringe or if don't. you see us in lineup say hi yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't throw things at us. <laughs> Just be super people. <laughs> and super fringers. Yes. Just remember to eat. You can yes. throw pillows. Yeah. We'll take your pillows and your snacks. And maybe a fan. And a fan. Yeah. What's the best fringe snack? Uh, I found it to be chocolate-covered espresso beans. Oh. <laughs> Obviously. They're downright delicious, and they give you the added pep of a hit of caffeine. Sure. <laughs> okay. Good tip. Good tip. Well, uh, thanks, Wilhelm, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. And good luck with your lesson that you're giving during the Fringe. Thank you very much. I hope uh, lots of students enroll in my class. Would you like to uh, tell people where the class is happening? Uh, I believe the class is happening in the Downtown Community Center Education Annex, which is, uh, they've called it Venue 2. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, it's, it's where the class is happening. Excellent. Excellent. And it starts on August 22nd, right? Right at the top of the fringe? Right at the top of the fringe, yes. Oh. How, how, what a coincidence. Yeah, well, you got to make sure everyone's up on their super fringing before the festival fully starts. You Absolutely. Know? So if you're looking for some tips on how to be a super fringer, don't miss this lecture. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to check out our reviews, uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Check the program. And uh, you can email us, checktheprogramyyj at gmail.com. Um, until next time, I'm Amanda Farrell Lowe. I'm Sarah Petrescu. I'm John Threlfall. I'm Melanie Trump My name's Wilhelm. And don't forget to check, check the, the program. The greatest show. The greatest show you know. The program. Check the program. Check the program. It's called Check the Program. Check the program. Yeah. Check the program. The greatest show that you know. Check the program. Check the program, yeah.